Welcome to the Faux 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 76ers podcast, part of the Rise Up Pod community. I'm Matt Mercury, and my co-host is Ryan Smith. We'll be right back with you after this break. I'm Ty Yeager, and I want to introduce you to the Rise Up Podcast community, a community for podcasters created by podcasters, dedicated to the promotion and growth of podcasts everywhere. Rise Up is not a network. There are no contracts and no control over your content. Just a vessel for you to spread the word of your work and connect with the fellow podcasters to collaborate, create, and promote. And guess what? It doesn't cost you a single cent to join the community. Join the Rise Up podcast community today by visiting our website at bit.ly slash riseuppodcommunity and follow the community on Twitter at rupodcommunity. Again, that's bit.ly slash riseuppodcommunity and at rupodcommunity on Twitter. Come and join the community of podcasts and rise up with us. Rise Up Podcast Community. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? Yo, what's up, Matt? How you doing, man? Good, good. So, uh, not too busy of a week with three games in the last week. Uh, I'd say it was a good week. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think we both predicted last podcast that they would go 3-0. Um, the week didn't start out great when we talked about the Cleveland game, but I really thought the le- next two games, they really started to uh, gel and show, um, you know, s- show some, some nice ball. So, uh, hopefully they can continue this. Yeah, so so they beat the Cavs on Tuesday, uh, one hundred six to ninety nine. But it was a it was a really sloppy game. I was down at the game, and they just they couldn't they couldn't pull away from them. Like they just they they dominated that first quarter, and then I, I don't know. It's almost like they didn't like they just weren't in it. Um, no Jimmy Butler. Uh, he was sitting there. I think they're gonna they're trying to give these guys a little bit of breaks here and there. I mean, he had a little bit of a foot issue from the Sunday game against the Pacers. Um, so no Butler. So James Ennis started in his place, and he did all right. Um, he got double figures, but, I mean, he is what he is. Um, nothing special. Um, and Bede was only 6-16 from the field, which was weird. He just kind of – I don't know. He just – he wasn't in it um, in that game. But, I mean, he, he still ended up with 17 points and 19 rebounds. Um, like even when the guy has a bad game, it's still it's still a monster game. Um, Harris only with eleven points, nine rebounds. Simmons was was really good. He had twenty six points, ten rebounds, eight assists, and um, Redick was six of fifteen for seventeen points. Yeah, um, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, obviously, from uh, you know, it wasn't Harris's best game. It sure as hell wasn't Embiid's best game. But I think that Ben Simmons, like you said, had a really productive game. Twenty six points. Right, two turnovers only, eight assists, ten rebounds. He shot six of eight from the free throw line, which I think is something that um, is is going a little bit unnoticed because we've been talking about the gelling of the team. But Ben Simmons has really been better from the free throw line, which is going to be important come playoff time. And you know, down the stretch, you want to make sure that you know he's not your your weak link when it comes to foul shooting. So I continue to see him getting better. Um, Marjanovic had a great game too in 14 minutes. You know, he put up 11 points. He was three of four from the free throw line, four or five from the field. Um, you know, I know he's a minus two, but, uh, Marjanovic, I believe is really going to be somebody that's, uh, you know, is going to be able to give them quality minutes in the postseason, in the postseason, and coming down the stretch. The one thing that just, uh, really, you know, bothered me about this team is just, 
the continuing of blowing leads. I mean, you had a chance that you were down at the game. I mean, they, they held Cleveland to 12 points in the first quarter, and then they have a 35-point second quarter, Cleveland, a 30-point second, a third quarter. I mean, Cleveland's not a good team, and they, have any, they don't really have anything to play for, and these are the games where the Sixers are making it harder on themselves than they really need to. Right, and and, and that's that's the thing. Um, to, to let's go back to your your let's start with your first point about Simmons' uh, free throw shooting. It's something like since the All Star break, he's shooting like seventy five percent, which is like if he shoots seventy five percent from the free throw line, like that's fantastic for him. Um, and then. Uh, so if he can keep that going, that's really good. Look at the end of the game; they're never going to try and give him the ball when you have Harris, Reddick, Butler, and Embiid out there. Simmons right. should always be the guy inbounding the ball. Sure, but but he's been consistent enough that if he is, teams can't just foul him to foul him anymore. He's not shooting sixty percent, uh, which is and that's important. Uh, your point guard can't shoot as poorly as he was shooting. It kind of it, it, it hindered them last year. This year is less of an issue because the other four guys in the court are such good free throw shooters that you can hide it a little bit. Right. Um, but yeah, the there's no way the Cavs can they should allow the Cavs to come back in that game. That is they, they those are the kind of games that you need to pull away. You need to dominate those games so that your starters can get rest. Um, it, they shouldn't have had to put up the minutes that starters put up just have to win that game. Um, the, the, and I think that's the biggest issue. Like I, I saw, I heard something today that the Sixers are number one in the league in games decided that are within five points in the last five minutes, either way, they're number one in the league with winning 69% over 69% of them, um, which is fantastic. The problem is they're in too many games where they're close games where they're, they make it more difficult on themselves. That's the, and if you look at their plus, their overall plus minus compared to the other teams where they are in the conference, um, their plus minus is worse because they don't have those games where they win by 30 or 40 points quite often um, or even 20 points. They, they make it a lot harder on themselves. And I mean, it could be the inex- a little bit. They're a little inexperienced. It could be that they're not gelling yet kind of thing, but um, they're making it harder on themselves. Definitely, definitely. But I guess most important at the end of the day, they get the W. They just made it a lot harder than themselves. And as fans, it's just frustrating to watch. Right, of course. And look, come playoff time, there's not going to be – there are rarely blowouts come playoff time, especially after the first round. Um, so being able to win those close games is more important than uh, blowing teams out, quite honestly. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Um, uh, they played Tuesday. They had a break. They back it on it on Friday against the Kings. Um, Embiid, 21-17. and 17. Again, the rebounding numbers have been – monstrous for him recently uh harris 19 and 7 reddick was 19 points four nine from three jimmy butler back he had 22 points six rebounds seven assists uh, and simmons had 18 points only two rebounds which is always so surprising with simmons and five assists um butler came back and he looked good he was assertive um he wasn't overly efficient i don't believe against the kings but but he was he was very assertive and that's kind of what, what we like to see with um with Butler. Yeah, Butler was okay. I mean, he was eight of 14 from the field, six of seven from the free throw line. He had six rebounds, seven assists, two steals, you know, three turnovers, but his plus minus, his defense was really good. He was a plus 20 when they were on the court. Him and him and Harris combined were a plus 39. Now, 
I mean, that that might go a little bit unnoticed, but like Reddick was a minus seven, Simmons was a minus four, and B was a minus two, but Harris was a plus 19 when he was on the court. Butler was a plus 20 when he was on the court. Marjanovic, again, off the bench, solid. 12 minutes, 12 points, four or seven from the field, a plus, plus of 11. And even T.J. McConnell, dude, plus 13. I couldn't – T.J. McConnell played really good defense. And you know what? I'm telling you, the Kings are a nice-looking team, and they're, they're tough, and they're going to be even better in the future because the Sixers usually have problems with teams that can run. But I thought really defensively, they played well. They played really well. And this was probably, um, you know, so far from just the two games that we're talking through, this was the best that these the starters that played together. I mean, everybody – was almost twenty points, and it's not right. going to happen all the time. It's not going to happen all the time like that. But one of the things that I was really keeping an eye on, and even you know, Embiid, like this team is really starting to develop a camaraderie, and and they're really like making nice passes. You know, there some of them are some guys that normally would take that shot haven't been taking that shot. Right. And and they're looking to get each other involved. And and that can only help us, honestly. Yeah, I, I think they're trying they're trying to find their way. And I, I think some of the games we were seeing that, that they're a little too unselfish. You're like, come on, guys, like Butler, sometimes you just you gotta take the ball. You gotta be the man sometimes. Um they're trying they're trying to be too unselfish. But ninety nine points from the starters, I mean, if they're getting ninety nine in that hundred range and points to their starters, that's a good because then you only need twenty to thirty points from your bench. That's a really good. Uh, that's a really good start for them. Um, everyone contributed that game. Uh, like I said, Reddick was four from nine from three. It looks like he's kind of getting a little bit more comfortable. The offense, like you said, there's less. There's been less turnovers. It's kind of like they think, or it, they're they know where the guy's going to be now, and it takes some time. There's there's an adjustment period. That look they've added. If you look at their top, what, eight guys? Right. Or even if you look at their top nine guys, right. they've added four new guys at the trade deadline. Bobby, Mike Scott, and Tobias Harris, and then James Ennis are four new guys out of your nine. Half their, their lineup in the last month. And they've only played – the starters have only played, what is it, after this week, uh, after last week, seven games together? Right, I think they're. I think since the yeah, they're only, and I think now they're eleven and five if you include, um, you know, Sunday's game, which we'll talk about, um, with Tobias Harris. I mean, but you're right, yeah, because MB got hurt. I think they're. I think yesterday was maybe their seventh or eighth game. I think together. it's their, their seventh I, game, and I think they're six and one in those games. Yes, they're six and one. So, look, they're they're start. What we want them to do, which we've been talking about during this podcast, is, we, is just be ready for the playoffs. That's the message, Brett Brown has been preaching let's get this three seed okay which right now you know hopefully we can continue and you know let's just keep gelling as a team but I'll tell you right now if they keep playing the way that they've been playing that we've seen this last week they're going to be a really tough out in the playoffs because they're just playing such unselfish basketball and they're playing really defensive mind too which is important defense we know wins championships in the NBA and I really think this team has taken stepped a notch up defensively yeah, and uh, so let's get to the um, to the game against the Bucks yesterday. Yeah, um, they uh, win one thirty right. to one twenty five. Embiid with an absolute monster game: forty points, fifteen rebounds, six to six assists. Excuse me, but more than anything, he was covering Giannis in the in the first half, and 
he made him really uncomfortable. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't even have thought to put him on Jonas. Like, I just like it doesn't even it doesn't even compute that someone as big as Embiid can actually cover that guy. And look, he gave him problems in the first half, and I think that was a lot of it that they couldn't get into a rhythm was because Jonas couldn't get into a rhythm. And look, he got his points by the end of it. He ended up with 52 points, but no one else on the team did much of anything for them. Um, so Embiid with 40. Harris only 12 points, seven rebounds, four assists. He really didn't get involved in the game. Um, but Butler was aggressive, 27 points, six rebounds, three assists. Redick was 19 points, four of four from three. Um, and Simmons only eight points, but nine rebounds, nine assists. Uh, he really... He really didn't have to go crazy um, offensively, but he facilitated well. And, I mean, it, that's what they had to do against that team. They ran against the Bucks and they took advantage of with Embiid. And he's their matchup that they can't do anything with. Um, so that's where they have to focus. I really think him and Butler are big mismatches for them because John has covered Simmons defensively um, and uh, – they really don't have anyone that can cover Butler and they really don't have anyone that can cover Embiid. I agree with you. And I think this was the most consistent game. I mean, I know we got up early by a lot, but every time Milwaukee got back, one of the things that I thought was great about this is they never, they never were able to really catch us in the third or fourth quarter. You know, they would get within four or five, you know, but the Sixers then would make some big plays. And I thought that was, that was really one of the biggest growth points I saw from this team is I was waiting like everybody else, right? I'm not, I thought I was waiting. Oh, they're up 14 up. Milwaukee's making a run. You know, when's it going to be tied? And this team never let it get there. I thought that this was this. Well, a minus this was Jimmy Butler's best game as a sixer. I don't care about the two game winners. He hit. This was his best game as a sixer because we saw vintage Jimmy buckets in the fourth quarter. There were several times where Giannis would get a basket. They would give him three or four and either Embiid, but two times down the court, Butler made some really nice turnaround jumpers that is the Jimmy Butler that I expect moving forward. And the fact that Brett Brown pointed it out last week, he needs Jimmy Butler to get more aggressive. I know that we're I'm tough on Brett Brown, but I'm going to credit Brett Brown because he did a good job these last two games of getting Jimmy Butler involved. And you see when Jimmy and Butler gets involved in this offense, this team goes to a totally different level. A hundred percent. And we've had our – look, we both like Brett Brown. Um but we've had issues with certain things that he's done and we're, we're not going to unapologetic. We're, we're not going to make excuses for him on everything. Um, but I thought the last two games, he was great uh, with the, with the rotations, with the, with everything. I mean, just the coming up with putting him beat on Jonas is like, I, I don't know if there's many coaches that would have the guts to do that. Cause Giannis said that himself today. He's like, I rush. I rather, he interviewed him after the game. He's like, I wish they would have rather put Ben Simmons on me. Oh, nobody on. wants to, nobody wants Embiid, Embiid to guard him because Embiid, you know, and one of the nicest things was when, when Giannis got in the paint and went body, body, they went Embiid. Embiid went straight up with him and he was missing a lot of layups. So, look, if this is a team that we're going to play, which we're probably going to see, actually, we're going to see this team again the end of the year at home. I'd love to see him win that game as well because that would really give us some momentum against this team. Moving forward, but I would do the same exact thing if I was Brett Brown. I would get on beat on Giannis as much as possible because honestly, Brook Lopez didn't hurt you that much. I mean, yeah, he had. I think he had uh, fourteen or fifteen points. Uh, or he, I'm sorry, he had fourteen points. He was four eleven from the field, but 
listen, Embiid on Giannis is the way to go. And he frustrates Giannis. You can tell Giannis is getting frustrated. Yeah, that that's exactly it. And um, the biggest thing is, and I don't even know if I would put Embiid all the time on him next time. I think I would keep switching it up so that he can't get in a rhythm. Um, right. And and that then that confuses him. Now I, I just I just ran the numbers from the last three games, and you're going to find this really interesting. Right. Again, the Cavs game, the starters scored 83 points. The bench had 23 points. They had 106. In the Kings game, the starters had 99 points. The bench had 24 points. They had 123 points. In the Bucks game, the starters had 106 points. The bench had 24 points. They had 130 points. What does that tell you? They're a much better team with Jimmy Butler on the floor. Well, yeah, not only that, but the bench is probably going to get you about 25 points. So the starters need to put up 100 to 105 points. <laughs> and Mike and um, Mike Scott didn't even uh, have the have a great game, but shout out to him for when he threw the ball and he and he took a sip of the Jack. I thought that was great. I think uh, Mike Scott started to become a favorite of mine. I, I thought that was awesome. I mean, look, he didn't even have a good game yesterday, but he was two eight from the field, six points, but he was a plus fifteen. His defense is really, really uh, also something that is. Uh, is not talked about a lot. I think Mike Scott has been a really quality pickup for this team. And to me, in the playoffs or rotations, he's probably my sixth guy off the bench, my sixth man. Oh, absolutely. Mike Scott's been – he's been great. I mean, they've been asking him to play the four. They've been asking him to play the three sometimes. He's played some small ball five. He's really good. And I, I, he's a really underrated pickup in that trade. Um, I really like Mike Scott. Uh, I've liked him for a while. Um, I think he gives you a little – we talked about it before. He's a more athletic version of Wilson Chandler because uh, he's a couple years younger, and uh, getting him was a steal. Um, well, so the Sixers are now 45-25. and 25. Um, Last year, they were 52-30, and 30, so they're on pace to go a little better than they did last year, um, which is fine. Look, again, regular season doesn't matter. They need to get that three seed, and then they need to be – ready to play in playoff times. Um, so this week they play Tuesday night at the Hornets, Wednesday night versus Celtics, and Saturday at the Hawks. Um, things of note, against the Hornets, no Embiid tomorrow night. Uh, he's not going to play. They're going to save him for Wednesday against the Celtics. I have no problem with it. Our, the rest of our starters should be able to win that game without uh, Embiid. Yeah, I agree um, with you. For that Celtics game, it doesn't look like Gordon Hayward's going to play because he is – I think he's in the concussion protocol, So, and he wasn't cleared today, so I doubt he's going to play Wednesday. Um, that Celtics game's a big game. We've had trouble with the Celtics. Uh, these are the kind of games they have to win, and it could put, it could put a lot of space between us and the Celtics in that fifth seed. Um, we win. We're up three games against them. We lose. We're only up a game. Yeah, I agree with you. That Boston game's huge. I think if, as a matter of fact, looking at the Sixers' schedule, if they can win that Boston game and go three up with them with, uh, what is it? Uh, at that 12, point, there'd be 10 games left. 10 games to play. I think they're sitting pretty. I mean, the Sixers are one of the hottest team. Well, they are the hottest team right now in the Eastern Conference. Their last 10, they're seven and three. They have a winning streak of four games in a row. It's really them and the Celtics. The Celtics have been six and four. Um you know, six and four, but the Sixers have really been playing good ball. And um, if they can go three, you know, this week, I think that they can almost put Boston in the rear view for the most part, right? It, 
bearing an epic collapse. And honestly, looking at Indiana's schedule, the Sixers have the easiest schedule. The Sixers are, you know, um, they're very good, very good at home. Obviously, they're not as good on the road right now. We're looking at a twenty-eight and nine, um, twenty-eight and nine at home, seventeen and sixteen on the road. So you know, it's really important to to win these next three games. Um, they play at Charlotte. You said is it home against Boston? Home against Boston, and then okay. at Atlanta on Saturday. Yeah, they should be able to. I, I'm going to predict them again to go three and zero. I just think this team is. I think this team is really starting to hit its peak and. It's. I would say right now, gel wise, they're like seventy five to eighty percent. So when they get a hundred percent by playoffs, watch out. Yeah, I agree. If Butler uh, continues, it's going to be, it's it, you know, it's going to be something. Yep. All right, guys, we'll be right back after this break. Welcome back. All right, so we're going to focus on uh, playoff rotations. I think that the Bucks game yesterday was a really good indication of pretty close to what we're going to see come playoff time. Um, so yesterday, uh, Tobias Harris played 34 minutes. Joel Embiid played 36 minutes. Uh, Simmons, 35. Butler, 34. Redick, 33. And then off the bench, um, Boban played 11, 12. Uh, minutes scott mike scott played 24 minutes tj mcconnell played 18 minutes and james ennis played 16 minutes now the question going forward is come playoff time are the sixers going to play an eight-man rotation or a nine-man rotation i i think it depends on who you play i i i would i would think brown knowing brown it's going to be a nine-man rotation what do you think I think so too, and I think it should be an eight-man rotation. Um, so what, Scott, TJ, and Boban? Yeah, Boban or or Bolden, depending on the matchups, because there are some matchups that I just don't think Boban can play against. If teams are going to go small, he's not; he can't play against a small lineup. Um, but so this is what this is what I would do if I was if I was going to go an eight-man rotation. Um, right. I would have uh, Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler play forty minutes. Uh, Simmons play like 41 minutes or so. Right. Um, Embiid 36 minutes. I don't, I don't want Embiid playing more than that. It, it, it doesn't, there's a point of diminishing returns with, with the center, his size. And I think 36 minutes is, is ideal for him. Now it could be a little bit more, a little bit less. Um, Redick about 33 minutes. And then that would leave Boban or Jonah Bolden about 12 minutes. Um, Mike Scott, 24 minutes. And I'm, I'd be willing to eat into the center minutes and give Mike Scott a couple more minutes too. And TJ McConnell, 14 minutes. If they're going to go with a nine-man rotation, to me, I just – I can't justify not playing Harris, Simmons, and Butler 40 minutes a game come playoff time. There's no back-to-backs, especially Simmons. I mean, the guy doesn't even – he finishes a game and he doesn't even look like he's tired. Yeah. Yeah, I – I agree with you. The only thing I will say is that James Ennis, man, he had, he had a decent game yesterday. Um, I, I think that he's going to be in the rotation because I think sometimes you know you're going to need you're going to need him. Uh, that's just my opinion. I think I think there's going to be a nine man rotation. Well, and, like, and my point is, 
wouldn't you rather give those eight those 16 minutes of him playing like eight minutes to Butler and eight minutes to Harris instead so those guys play more and, and, right. I, and I, I could also see it that the first round Ennis plays but by the second round if you're going against Toronto or Milwaukee or whoever I think I need my top eight playing and that's it and well I, I think Ennis and, and TJ may split those minutes depending on how um, the matchups are. No, I agree with you, but I'm even thinking like if Butler gets in foul trouble or something, then you might. Oh, of that, course, that that's a know? different story. If someone gets into foul trouble, then I'm comfortable with Ennis coming off the bench and giving you some spot minutes. Um, I I think it's pretty safe to assume Jonathan Simmons is out of the rotation. Jonathan, well, I I thought before that Jonathan Simmons was a waste anyway when they when that trade was made for Markel Fultz. So yeah. I'm not surprised he's a waste. Um. Didn't really bring anything to the table, which also makes you wonder, like, not to go off topic, but, you know, could they could have got something else for Fultz? They could It's a waste. I mean, well, <laughs> you couldn't have got – you don't think we could have got Terrence Ross for him? I mean, come on. <laughs> no, because I think Orlando still thinks that they can they can make the playoffs this year. Well, you, I think I think we kind of shit the bed with him. We probably could have traded him in the summer and got something when everybody thought his shot was back. But you know what, dude? That's what happens. Um you know, I'm yeah, I mean, it, it, harp yeah, it, it, we're not going to go over it again. Like the, the, um, the, they always, you sell too low because you kind of hope that the guy can get back. And I'm not sure that there would have been much of a trade market for him this past summer, but it probably would have been higher than what it was. But look, at the end of the day, um, he wasn't in your t- on our timeline anymore. By adding Butler and Harris, um, our timeline moved up to this year. Um, and this, and there's just no way Fultz is going to, be able to help this year or next or I don't even think next year. I just, I don't, I don't think his head's in the right spot and, and it, it, regardless. Um, but yeah, so, and I'll be really curious to see how they run the rotations. Cause I, I don't, I don't need, I don't want Butler and Harris only playing 34 minutes, Simmons playing 34, 35 minutes. I need my horses playing 40 minutes in the playoffs. Like the, there's a reason we have, you spend the money in your starting lineup, which means that your bench is a little weaker, and that hurts you a little bit in the in the regular season. But come playoff time, your big guns should be playing a ton of minutes, especially guys like Butler, Harris, and Simmons that are in fantastic, phenomenal shape. And um, and th- there's there's no reason for I, I mean personally, I would play Simmons forty four minutes. I don't think he would it would hurt him at all. Um, I've never, I haven't seen him get tired in a game yet. And we've seen him play 42, 43 minutes. So um, that wouldn't stop me. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like I said, I, I agree with you. I mean, obviously, Butler's the type of guy that maybe that's why he's getting rest here and there is because Brown's going to play these guys 42 minutes a game. So it'll be interesting to see. Like, do you think down the stretch, Harris or Simmons gets a game off? No. I don't think Harrison Simmons need a game off, to be quite honest with you. Well, I don't think Harris does. I, I was hoping that they don't because I think Harris needs to play with this team as much as possible. I think I, Simmons does as well. I think that they're right. I think if they're gonna give anyone games off, we know they're gonna give Embiid a game off or two games off, and I think it would probably benefit them to give Reddick a game off or two games off. Um, right. and uh I, and look, we've seen Thibodeau played was playing Butler forty, forty two minutes a game. He can do it. So, I mean, I get not, not wasting it in the regular season. I 100% right. agree with that. Um, right. But come playoff time, if these guys are playing mid-30 minutes and 
and they're and they lose games here and there, I'm going to be pretty ticked off because they should be playing. There's no reason for them not to be playing 40 minutes unless someone comes off the bench and is on fire. Then yeah, then by all means let them. You know what I mean? Go with the hot hand. But um, the, consistently, those three guys, um, Harris, Simmons, and Butler should be, should be playing at least 40 minutes in the playoffs and. And B should be playing thirty six to thirty eight minutes in the playoffs. Yeah, I, just... I agree with that. I, I I can I I agree with that. I can see that. So we have we've been talking on and off um, or on consistently about w- what the Sixers are going to do this summer with with free agency. Um, they have Tobias Harris and Butler are going to be free agents. Um, I think we're we're sold on Harris as he's a perfect compliment. And I, I think if Butler plays the way he's been playing the last couple of games and he's aggressive. And I think I, we kind of had a feeling that it was going to happen late in the season to the playoffs that he was going to start being his aggressive self again, um, that they will offer him close to a max as well. But I know you had looked into if they were only going to max one guy, um, and and you had looked into what free agents would potentially be available. Um, who's the list of guys that you that you came up with? Well, the one I didn't come up with a, a huge list because I don't think D'Angelo Russell would be there. Obviously, he would be somebody that would interest me. But um, one of the guys that if you did let Jimmy Butler go, and I'd like to get your thoughts on um, Danny Green. I mean, because I'm not. I, I don't think that there's going to be. I'm not saying that there's no chance that they can get Clay Thompson or Kawhi Leonard, but I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's something that, you know, is going to happen. Yeah. The Clay Thompson thing's interesting because if Durant stays there, is he going to be willing to take less money? Um, And there are, their salaries are already pretty astronomical. I'm not sure they can actually afford to do I agree it. with you. I'm not saying that he's not. I think he's a West Coast guy. I think he'd be more than likely to go to the Lakers. I, mean, I think so, too. Or and the it, Clippers. Or the Clippers. Not even just the Lakers. And, and it's unfortunate because uh, he's he's the guy that he's legitimately the perfect fit for for our offense with Embiid and Simmons. But I just don't see – I don't see him coming out to the East Coast. I, I mean, I would love it, but I don't see it. Um Danny Green is. I love Danny Green. I think he's a. I think he's a great, great player. He's not the man, and he wouldn't yeah. have to be the man. But I mean, I've seen him go off for Toronto. I've seen him go off for San Antonio, and I've seen him go off for Toronto a couple times this year. Right. Where when his shots on, it's deadly, and he is, he is much better defensively. Um, he's a really good defensive player, and it's the kind of thing of that's the kind of guy you need to let Reddick walk is to get a Danny green type of guy. Um, I also like the guy from uh, Indiana. He's a free agent. Bogdanovich. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't think they're going to be able to let him walk. Um, He's unrestricted though. Yeah, I know, but I think they're going to match whatever he'll get. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, if you're looking at veterans, cause I think there's a good shot that somebody might overpay for TJ Patrick Beverly's available from the Clippers. Yeah, and I'm wondering if Patrick Beverly is going to cost too much because I could see someone giving him a starting position. Uh, right. It, and it would be interesting to see how they could maneuver the lineup so that they could actually – Beverly could – because I don't, I don't see Beverly as a 12-minute-a-game guy. Um, 
how they could get him on the court more. Um, I really like Patrick Beverly. Um, but the, I, I don't know if TJ is going to go anywhere. I think he likes it here. Um, I don't think he's going to command a crazy contract. Um, he is what he is. He's a nice backup point guard, but that's all he is. There's no, I don't see any team thinking that they could turn him into yeah, a starting. I'm just going to give you a name a couple of years ago that got overpaid just because. So, say the Sixers go to the NBA Finals, hypothetically. Right? Della Vadova. Yeah. I'm just yeah, but, saying. But, it Della, but it's different. Della Vadova could actually shoot the three. Um, and he had a pretty good finals that year. Like, there was the potential there that that's, McConnell's never going to have the kind of shooting games that Della Vadova had. Um, and there's too much tape on McConnell now. Delavadova was still young, so there's always that that like next step potential type thing. Right. I don't see it. Um, How about uh, let me interest you if I go to Milwaukee and I look at their roster, Miritich. I think he's a little too old. I'll get your thoughts on him. Malcolm Brogdon's restricted, and I don't think they could pay all these guys. What's your thoughts on Brogdon? I, I like Brogdon. Um, now again, it, that's kind of a. You need to. I think that's like you move on from Reddick type of move kind of thing. Right. Um, these are all. These are all the names I'm giving you are either if Reddick moves on or Butler doesn't stay. But I'm telling you, I'm I'm telling you, I really am starting to lean more towards Butler staying. Um, Jared, I am too. But but so and, and it begs the question of of what they can actually do if they if they walk away from Reddick because. We've seen – I mean, Reddick's had a pretty good season. Um, but we're kind of seeing signs that he's slowing down a little bit. We all know he's a defensive liability. Um, and trying to get a guy that may not be as good of a three-point shooter but is much better of a defender um, could pay major dividends, especially because you've added um, Tobias Harris to the roster, who's a very good three-point shooter. Um, so it, you could also – you'd also have the advantage that – you could bring in a a shooting four and have Harris play the three and Butler play shooting guard. Um, and then so you would have the advantage or even a, a point guard that can shoot well, a smaller guy, because defensively Simmons can cover a power forward. Harris can cover a small forward and Butler can car- cover anyone. Um, so you have the, the, the versatility that if they are going to move on from Reddick, that you can bring in a guy that can shoot that's that plays either the one, the two, the three, or the four. Um, like if you could add a guy, like I know they can't, but like a guy like Lou Williams, like someone like that who doesn't play great defense, but he can he can put points up in bunches. Um, maybe someone even that's a little bit better of a three point shooter, but someone like that that um, you can you can maneuver. You have the when you have Harris, Simmons, and Butler, you have the ability to mismatch your your defensive um rotations because of how versatile simmons and butler are especially defensively no to derrick rose correct no to derrick rose to me i mean unless Um, he's he's gonna come off the bench but um i I just don't know how much how much is left here's an here's an interesting name because he's kind of developed himself more at the knicks and i know you loved him in the draft hazonia uh, he's a guy that's been really disappointing. Um, he's been pretty good with the Knicks, but I'm wondering if that's just a, 
I don't think he would work. I don't think you could put that guy on a team with Jimmy Butler. And right. I, like, I think between Butler and Bede, Simmons, I don't think Kazonia has the mental makeup for it. <laughs> Vukovic or Terrence Ross, if you're looking at Orlando? Terrence Ross, absolutely. Um, Vucevic, you, you can't fit him. Not next to Embiid. Um, there's just not enough room. I'm I'm going to give po- you a name right now that I think is a perfect fit, even though he's restricted, because I don't think the Suns are going to pay him. How about Kelly, Kelly Oubre? Yep. Yeah. Um, I don't know how the Suns can't pay him. Um, I think they kind of have to. So I think that they'll match whatever. But yeah, I, I like Oubre, and I think he would. I think he would fit really well with um, with this lineup, especially with his length and um, defensively. We could be an absolute nightmare uh, if you add someone like him. Um, and remember, next year you're going to have Zaire Smith back. Um, right. It's it's right. like you're, it's like you're getting an additional first round pick this year. An additional and I think Patton's going to come back too. I think so too. I, I think they may move on from Bolden. Um, I just oh, I thought think... you were going to say Boban because I feel like him and he's going to be here. I think him I and think, Harris are both. I think Boban's going to be. Here. I actually think Mike Scott's going to be here too, Matt. I I hope Mike Scott's here because I really like Mike Scott. Ennis is going to be here. He has another year on a, on a contract, right? Yeah, but they could. Do, yeah, I think it's and it's not bad. So we already talked about Danny Green, obviously Kawhi Leonard. We would love to have, but we don't see it. Um, Trevor Ariza. Jeff Green from Washington, maybe Trevor, Trevor Ariza. He's getting up there in age. And that's about it, man. I don't see a lot. So, really, what I'd say, unless the Sixers, right, Butler doesn't want to stay, hypothetically, right, which, you know, we, we could, you know, Jimmy Butler changes like the weather. So, let's see. Right now, he's real happy. You know, like I told you today, he was tweeting at Ben Simmons, man, the future's bright, bro. And then the next day, he could, you know, get into a screaming match. But, hypothetically, Butler is here, and Butler wants to be here. The only way I'm moving on from Butler, and and this isn't going to happen, Matt, but if somebody like Kawhi Leonard's agent calls me and says, yo, look, Kawhi wants to come to Philly. All right, then I'm moving on from Butler. Clay Thompson, oh, Clay Thompson wants to come to Philly. He'll sign. Then I'm moving on from Butler. I'm not absolutely 100%. I'm not moving on from Tobias Harris. As a matter of fact, at midnight, I kind of expect both of these guys to agree to max terms with the Sixers. I really do. I think they're both back. I think that we're starting to see – and I think everybody's starting to buy in, which I think is important. You listen to all of their interviews. You know, Tobias didn't even have a big game yesterday. And, he, you know, what his is, oh, I'm happy we got the W. Butler, you know what I mean? I know my role. So if these guys continue to really buy into this unselfish philosophy, and let's be honest, they're all going to get handsomely paid regardless, right? So it's either does Butler want to win and have a chance to win in the East? Or does he want to go somewhere like Brooklyn or New York and be the man or Miami or the Lakers? But he's not going to be the man in LA, the Lakers. But it, is that more important to him? And I honestly think Jimmy Butler wants to win a championship. And right now, tell me what other nucleus that you would want to be on that's built around Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and Tobias Harris. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if he really, if he really wants to win. Now, it, it'll be interesting to me come – when they resign, if these guys are willing to take a little bit less money, I'm not saying they should take five year, hundred million dollar deals, but it, instead of, cause they both can get five year, $190 million deals. They're monster deals. Right. Um, I would be curious to see if they were, if they, these guys would be willing to take like five year, $160 million deals so that there's a little more room to maneuver. Um, but I, it, 
it really doesn't – I'm not even sure how much it will honestly matter because they're going to be maxed out anyway once the Simmons um, extension comes into play at the end. I think I think the other thing that comes in with Butler that we have to remember – I mean, I know we all say Butler's a different type of guy, right? But everybody else can offer him, what, four years, 140? We yeah. can offer him five years, 190. Now, you see in all sports, right, free agency – I'm going to go to, you know, wherever. These guys hardly ever, Matt, leave money on the table. He's the kind of guy He's the kind of guy that I think would leave money on the table. Not um, $50 million. I disagree. But yeah, but it's not $50 million because it, look at the – don't look at the total amount because you'd have to assume that he's going to be able to play a fifth year somewhere. So he's going to be able to make $35 million. That's 30, let's say $30 million right. if, he, if he signs somewhere for a one-year deal or so, something like that. Uh, in five years or in four years. So he's really leaving the equivalent of like $20 million on the table. So it is, it's. Um, I still don't think he's going to leave 20 million. Not many people leave that kind of Remember, it, it's it, the way that you have to do it is that he can do a four year, $140 million contract. That's $35 million annual average on the contract. Or he can sign a five year, $190 million contract, which is a, a $38 million average annual. So, Right, but who who's going to give him in his fifth year a one year thirty million dollar deal? Think right. about it. If you're, if, let's just talk about you, right? Hypothetically, I I I, I, I understand. I understand, but that that's not even if it's twenty million dollars that someone gives him, right? Twenty million dollars at the end of the day it, for five over five years. If if it's dependent on your happiness, when you're talking about one hundred and fifty to two hundred million dollars, it's. I know it, what you're saying, but I just left. don't think. I don't think Jimmy Butler in his fifth year gets a one year. I know what you're saying. I get what you're saying, but I'm going to tell you right now, Jimmy Butler in his fifth year is going to get like a mid level exception. No, he won't. No, no chance. He's going to be he'll, 35. It doesn't matter. Someone, he'll, someone will give him a bigger contract than that, 100. percent Because especially because the economics of the game, everything's it's constantly moving up. The average well, salaries. I guess, I guess we'll see what what really matters most to him, which we both agree on. So right, yeah, I mean, this is all—it's all hypotheticals. But the point that it's—it's it's not really fifty million dollars on the table. It's fifty million guaranteed, but there's always the potential that he could he could sign another a deal after that. Um, so the but it's still a couple million dollars. It's four or five million dollars a year more um, over right. those four years too. But right. but at the end of the day for a 10% difference in salary when you're talking about that kind of money, um, happiness is more important to a lot of guys than that 10%, I would think. Well, I think he's starting to be happy here, so we'll see. I think, I think this so, team's really I think so too. I mean, you got Butler. Look, I've never seen uh, I've never seen Embiid and Simmons closer than I've had, than I've seen over this last month. Since everybody wanted to make that big deal about that bullshit in LA where, you know, they ran into each other or whatever on that rebound and you know, Embiid, it seemed like that after that moment, and I don't know, maybe if that was the tipping point where, like, they were like, shit, we got to, you know what I mean? Like, look, they know they need each other. I think it's really clear that Embiid knows that he's better with Simmons, and Simmons knows that he's better with Embiid. And, you know, it's just nice to see them starting to really look like they gel together and enjoy playing with each other. And I think that's going to go a long way. I mean, Harris... Is you could tell he loves being here. I mean, look, look where he's been. He's been Milwaukee, Orlando, the Clippers. He knows that if he comes here with these three, and they're still going to make more moves, which is another reason why I feel like we're a marketable team for like 
other guys is look at what Elden Brand did this year. You know you have a GM that has some balls. It's not going to be afraid to make some moves. And that that's the type of teams that these players want to play for is organizations that are going to make that move. You know what I mean? Either look what brand did, what brand does at the end of the year, even if it doesn't work to what we think it should be the NBA finals, I still applaud the guy for going out and making the move. Right. A hundred percent. I mean, so, in, in his first year to have the guts to do what he did. Right. It, it and I, I like of him. I like that his confidence and, um, and look, he had the guts to go out. He got, he got two guys. He was trading more pieces for better players. And that's the, that's the way to win in the NBA. Um, one guy isn't enough to win in the NBA anymore. Two guys aren't always enough to win in the NBA anymore. Um, they have four, they have a legitimate superstar in Embiid. Um, and <clears throat> there is, there's no doubt that Simmons is going to continue to get better, and he has top five potential. Um, I mean, he's already a top 15 to 20 player, and he's – with a jump shot, with a three-point shot, he's a uh, – he's an absolute stud. Um, and Butler's still there. He, he's going to – he's got, got that aggressiveness. He's a, that veteran presence. Um, Harris is a borderline all-star. Um they can they can compete with anyone for the next four to five years. And there's no doubt in my mind, especially with Embiid and Simmons getting better. And right. that's a scary thought that Embiid could get better. Um, and I have no doubt that Simmons will continue to get better. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, guys, uh, we're going to wrap it up. Thanks for listening. Uh, look for our next podcast to drop next week. Uh, Keep an eye out on the Rise Up podcast community for a lot of new podcasts of all different kinds from sports and movies. uh, We just added a lot of new wrestling podcasts. We have superhero podcasts. uh, And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 76ERSFO. Thanks a lot. We'll be back next week.